2: hi everyone and welcome once again to history dweebs i am tim welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history very special podcast today we're going to talk about michael carroll he's a guy who hit the uh lotto in the uk national lottery back in 2002 and uh he's an interesting story ran through all of his money and uh he was known as, Colonel? He is known as the King of Chavs, Timmy. Yeah. What is that? What is that,
3: Colonel? A chav is just a, a, a kind of a shady, low-level... It, so
2: it's the, you, basically.
3: Basically, if you put some cheap gold jewelry on me, that's yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, Timmy.
2: You know, like a big jewelry that says if word I, on it or something? Yeah, if I had a big
3: dollar sign hanging uh, from me. Uh-huh. That. Or, I don't know, I'll... Well, I built a catapult.
2: Stopwatch. Stopwatch, yeah. Okay. It, it's, right. it's basically me as Flavor Flav. I got you. We have a very special guest with us today. Back with us again uh, from uh, over in the UK, our good friend Ricky from the Squirm Podcast. How are you doing, Ricky?
4: Yeah, really good, gents. Yourselves?
2: Doing well. We're doing well. We, uh, we got a great response from the uh, last podcast we did on the human lightning rod. So uh, everyone loved it so we wanted to have you on again. We appreciate you coming on.
4: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it second time round. Obviously the first one was about 2 hours and 20 minutes so we can shave some <laughs> we can probably shave some time off this one.
2: Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you know, know it was an it was an important story, you know. <laughs>
4: exactly, exactly. But I do want some dinner at some sort of sensible hour this time.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that one we had to take our time. You know, it's like the, you know, the uh, rise and fall of the Roman Empire. You have you know you some for some some podcasts you need a lot of detail. So
3: some bitch yeah. gets struck by lightning seven times. You he deserves a good hour and forty five yeah, minutes exactly. Now. Correct, we went a little over. But
2: <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us uh, today, and I'm joined as always by the Colonel. The most dangerous man in podcasting. How are you today, Colonel? Couldn't be better, Timmy. Couldn't be better. Okay, I screwed up your introduction, but we're just going to move on. Yeah, I, yeah you fuck at yeah. it. So that's Ricky right. can have some dinner yeah. at some point. <laughs> Ricky's <laughs> hungry. <laughs> when will you start drinking without, Ricky, you know, something in your stomach?
3: <clears throat> Once it, it's about 5 o'clock over there. Ricky's just getting out of bed from last night anyway, so
4: he wants some breakfast. That's correct, it, it was a karaoke night last night. <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> like, that was a red-letter day. Yeah, Shit Village Pub. My friend... Um, <laughs> I hooked up with an old friend of mine, male, not female, I'll clarify, and uh, I haven't seen him in a little while, and he looks like a potato with legs. Um, He is a bodybuilder, but he's small, but he does look like a baked potato. Um, He said, obviously, come to his local pub, enjoy some karaoke, and it was shit. Uh, So I was very drunk, but I was in bed by 11 o'clock knowing I was coming on, so um, I'm sweating but not hungover.
2: Well, you're a dedicated professional. You are a consummate professional,
3: Richard.
5: Correct.
4: While I was doing the Macarena last night in the middle of a, a village pub, Uh, absolutely no women there. The average age was about 65. Um, (laughs) Did you do the
2: electric slide? Yeah, correct. Yeah, the
4: (laughs) cha-cha slide. And my friend moves a bit like an octopus when he's (laughs) on the dance floor. So it's a potato that can move.
2: (laughs) So you got Mr. Potato Head there doing the Macarena.
4: That's correct. (laughs) He's like slippery and he's got really busy hands. It's like he wants to grab things, but he just doesn't know how to hold on. He, yeah, he's an interesting bloke.
3: Now, here's something my son taught me, Ricky, and and you need to you need to find you a gay friend for this. Um okay. my son, <laughs> I I have two I have twin boys. Yep. And one of them, one of them is gay. Now the straight brother has learned go to the gay bars with the gay brother. Because women go to the gay bars because they don't want men hitting on them.
4: Correct? That is but, correct. Yeah, as I can vouch for that.
3: Yeah, as, my son, as my son Taylor says, once they get three or four drinks in them, they do want men hitting on them, and it's like you got the whole buffet to yourself.
4: Correct. You are Willy Wonka, and they have yeah. all your sweets. That's correct. I go to a local gay club uh, on a regular basis uh, because I like to be referred to as Willy Wonka.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, he's he's he figured out a loophole in the in the system there.
4: Correct. In the UK, it is common practice to do that. You, you've got to have a, a wingman or a wing woman, either gay or lesbian, to go along with, and you can clean up. You can do some serious numbers. So that's, wh- that's what he the said. Everyone in states needs to catch up, didn't they? Really.
3: My wife was on on him for doing that, and he said, "You know, God, God just dropped this." identical gay wingman into my lap, it would be a sin not to use him properly. Correct. (laughs)
2: Okay. So um, we're going to talk about Michael Carroll. He was the, as I mentioned, he was a British lottery winner. Maybe one of the best examples of not, of what not to do with your windfall, Colonel. He was a 19 year old, we would call him garbage man here and you call him bin man over there. Is that correct? That's Ricky? correct.
4: Yeah, bin man. Yeah, same, same thing. Uh, okay. Same meat, different gravy.
2: <laughs> so, this Michael Carroll, when he was 19 years old, uh, was a bin man and he won £9 million, which would be about $14.4 million in the UK National Lottery in, in 2002. Uh, apparently, uh, Ricky did not spend the money wisely. Well, now you're
3: talking talking to Ricky. He might think he spent (laughs) this money very wisely. Exactly.
4: I'm I'm probably going to be a big fan of his. (laughs) And um, Obviously, if he's lost it now, I'm going to have to trawl down to the (laughs) B&B that he's crashing at and might have to go out for a beer with him, just so he can share some of his stories.
2: (laughs) I don't know that Ricky's going to question
3: his judgment on a lot of these things.
2: (laughs) After 10 years of drugs, parties... And the services – and I've seen different reports, uh, but anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 prostitutes, uh, high-priced vacations, and multiple arrests, the now 34-year-old resident of Norfolk, England, is broke and working in a biscuit factory. So, Hmm. you know, he had a good time, it sounds like. We're going to talk about it, uh, but – know he didn't he wasn't very conservative with his uh with his money ricky
4: Clearly, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find the uh, negatives.
5: When you just read that out,
4: that was complete positives. No, multiple arrests, drinking drugs, over thousands prostitutes. of prostitutes, and holidays abroad. So What's not the You life? tell me, yeah, where, where's the negatives there? He might have lost it all, but now he's packing biscuits. I bet he's got a smile on his face.
3: <laughs> and you know, Ricky, it was only $14 million. He, he made it last 10 years. That's actually 14 million after
2: four. But. I'm
3: guessing that uh, you go through it in seven. I think you could beat him, Ricky.
4: Yeah, I think it would be a 12 month thing. I think it'd be a 12 month <laughs> full time
2: job, you know. Yeah, that's it. I
4: would have a Mayweather <laughs> bag of at least two million with me <laughs> to buy anything I wanted.
2: Yeah. All right, so Michael Carroll was born on March 29th, in 1983, and is a Swathham, Swathham, does that sound right? In the county of Norfolk, England. Norfolk,
0: a, it, yeah. Yeah. It's Good. a. a
2: Swaffham is a small town of about 8,000 people. And this guy became just, you know, he became this, this town's worst nightmare. <laughs> 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 uh, it was a quiet town. Yeah, it was a he quiet little his town. Modern. His most famous um, resident was an uh, archaeologist named Howard Carter. He's the guy that found, uh, discovered King Tut the tomb of king tut colonel i know you are a big uh, fan of king tut
3: uh, you know i stay away i didn't even go to the exhibit because i don't want to get that cursed, timmy
2: yeah well you're wise mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened maybe uh, the whole town was cursed but, uh, yeah. yeah they, they I, I think they were more cursed by michael <laughs> carroll <laughs> um so now that that uh, now swatham can lay claim to be in the home of another celebrity michael carroll he had what was uh, could be described Ricky as a turbulent childhood. His mother Kim met his father Andy. His his father Andy was a, a engineer in the RAF. She met him when she was sixteen, and when she was working at a canning factory. So nice. yeah, they they hook up, and then uh, Michael was born. Uh, when Michael was born, and then uh, when he was eighteen months old, his father got drunk at a dance, got into a row. How do you like that? I mean, he's in, got into a fight. but Got into a row. Got into me. a row. Had to oh. go. Had to go at it uh, with a go. Navy officer. <laughs> Had to go at it. <laughs> Had to go at a Navy officer named Ian Warnick. Anyway, he ends up stabbing these people, this man and this woman. He, this guy was with a woman. <laughs> He, Jack, followed his,
3: he followed him home. See, that's what I yeah, was talking about him really home, he followed he home. I don't know business. if he was,
2: like, hitting, you know, he was jealous or whatever. But anyway, he got in this fight. This is his dad. This is Michael's dad when he was a baby. And uh, he followed this couple home from this dance and stabbed them repeatedly. And then he fled to scene, which is, you know, that's, that's wise. That's smart. Uh-huh. And uh, he left them to die. Uh, when he left, he thought they were dead, but... Um, they survived. Now he did call the police. He did call the emergency Well, Someone services did. For they, <clears throat> yeah, later Michael would claim that his father called the police, but it was an anonymous call. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really think that is. You know, it's not really taking the high road there. After you, yeah, I, follow I, people. Yeah, on
4: he stabbed two people to, and <laughs> yeah, wants re- to kill them both, and then he's <laughs> claiming that he called the police. He exactly. He did not call the police. <laughs> no way. No way did that man call the police. I understand Michael's protecting his father, but he's clearly a bit of an <laughs> asshole.
2: Anyway, both victims end up surviving, although the lady lost her spleen. What the, yeah. No, the guy did. The guy lost his spleen. I don't
3: know that you actually need
2: a spleen. Well. I'm sure he he didn't give it up voluntarily. I mean, people, <laughs> get,
3: people get the spleen taken out all the time. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, but
2: usually you know not after leaving a dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> got, de-
3: depends on what crowd you're hanging with. You. Uh, I
2: guess. Um, well, so anyway, in the days that followed, his mother, uh, Michael's mother, Kim, found uh, her husband burning bla- uh, blood-stained clothes. Now. That's always a, uh, a sign. That's a
3: red flag to me. A <laughs> red, red flag. flag. Yeah, when you see somebody taking out the blood stained clothes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, if oh. it was poo-stained clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know who it would be. <laughs> now,
3: now, Ricky, have you ever gone out on a night, though, and woke up the next morning with, with blood all over you and not know where it came from?
4: Well, yeah, I used to do that quite a lot. That's yeah. a different subject. <laughs> but but I used to do it. I used to do it when I knew where the blood had come from. I had an interest in previous career, and I used to come home covered in blood quite a lot. Uh, but what I used to do is take the clothing off and burn them in the back garden. So <laughs>
3: here we go.
2: There's a little secret for you guys. Well, that, <laughs> you know, that would not raise any suspicions at all. Now exactly. You were you, were,
3: you were a doorman, right, Ricky?
4: That's correct. Yeah, I,
3: I, I did that years. for myself for. for about five six years
4: i wasn't very good at avoiding problems so um i've got quite a large head you know like large surround of a head um so it would be like two potatoes so every time someone (laughs) threw a punch it would tend to connect with my face and i bruise easily and my skin cuts quite easily as well so it would be really annoying so i lived my whole life with black eyes repeatedly
2: That's a killer job. Do you get to choose which, you know, like what hot women get to go in the club? and which Yeah, of course. That's that's the only good part of having the job. Oh, oh, man. I used to
4: peruse the queue up and down with my little clipboard (laughs) and then, you know, squeeze in the honeys and leave the ugly men at the back. (laughs) And then, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And laugh at them and wonder why I got punched (laughs) in the face later on. (laughs) Uh,
3: Now, Ricky, did you ever, and I have to admit to this myself, but did you ever get punched by a woman so hard it knocked you off your feet?
4: Yes, yeah, so I was punched by a lesbian woman and she split my nose. Um, I tried to wrestle with her, but n- listen, like, it-, it was just pointless. Um, she had me on my back and she was hitting me quite hard. And then, yeah, I sort of gave in halfway through and, and waited for my colleagues to pull her off by her legs. Yeah, so
3: I just yeah, had it
4: weren't-, weren't my finest moment. Not going to lie, but she she punched like a, like a train at full
5: speed. <laughs>
3: Now, see, I had one. I was just trying to separate. It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a row, Ricky. They were just two guys kind of arguing. So I
4: it, do you mean row? Row. I said row. Yeah. Row. Yeah, said row. I'm, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to be
3: British. Yeah. <laughs> um It was. It was. It wasn't even a scuffle yet. And I uh, just went up to talk to the guys and separate them. And when I got close and was talking to one, told him if he didn't settle down, he was going to have to leave. And, you know, the the girlfriend started to just talk a little bit. And I said, listen, you need to kind of stay out of this. And with no warning whatsoever, she punched me right in the
4: face. (laughs) Nice. My (laughs) kind of woman.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it dropped me to my knees, Ricky. Yeah. Drop me to my knees, but I did get her out of there, so uh, <laughs> it was not my finest moment either.
4: Yeah, no, it never is, but let's be honest if you did the job properly, you'd probably be decked by a woman at one stage of your
2: life. <laughs> yeah, you, so, you have to, Ricky. If if someone would like slip you money, do you, you let them in the club if they? Yeah,
4: Yeah. 110% right Okay, what I used to do is um, I used to run a big club night So there was Mm -hmm. thousands of people that used to come in In Birmingham So what I used to do is uh, Pretend the club was shut And people Mm -hmm. would travel all over So they'd already paid for their ticket in advance But I said, right, the doors have now closed But if you pay (laughs) us £30 each You can squeeze in (laughs) It was terrible. I know. <laughs> I go to hell, no, but I, know, made, you know, I made a great deal of money out of people's misfortune.
2: <laughs> you know, I went out with this woman in New York one, New York City, and we went to this very popular club, and I was trying to uh, impress her. Right, so we're waiting outside in line with you know the rabble, and uh, <laughs> the rabble. <laughs> so I go up to the doorman and I give him you know, $20 and, and, you know, slipping 20 bucks and seeing any way we can get in. He said, yeah, sure. I just, you know, wait in line. So I give him 20 bucks. I'm, we're waiting there like 20 minutes. Nothing changed. So I, get, I give him another 20 bucks, he, you know, and he just looks at his watch. I, I spent like 60 bucks. I never <laughs> did get, <never laughs> get in my money.
4: Yeah, That's there's a up. certain level of trust there, Tim. <laughs> you, your, your trust was abused. I
2: think so. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Michael's father, he um, you know, he's, he stabs these people. His mother founds, uh, like I said, his mother Kim finds uh, the blood stain him, finds the dad burning the blood-stained clothes. He was sentenced to 11 years in military prison for this because he was a member he was in the RAF at the time. Uh, Michael's parents separated when he was seven. He had two older sisters, Charlene, or he has two older sisters, I guess, Charlene and Zoe. They were close to their mom, and they were constantly fighting with Michael. So it sounds like Michael, even though his father was absent, he was kind of, you know, he was he wanted a relationship with his dad. Um, he had a string of abusive stepfathers. The worst of all, the worst one was a guy named Bill. He would slap, uh, he would just slap michael for any reason basically slightest infraction and uh he would put a bolt on the outside of michael's room and lock him in for days at a time that'd suck i just call that good security right there
4: yeah i would say that was good parenting if obviously the child disobeys yeah i would say any longer than three days it's child abuse (laughs) (laughs) two days two days 48
2: hours is fine
3: yeah you got the little slot to slip him food through the door. Yeah, what well
2: if he's got a, you know, PlayStation and there all as well? <laughs> yeah, what are you worried about? <laughs> uh, he to watch porn on his so, phone. So the abuse with his stepfather led him to grow closer to his dad, who was released from prison early for good behavior. So, hey, that's good. Uh, the reunion. Uh, so his dad gets released from prison. They get together when Michael's like 10. His dad's like uh, 34 at the time, he dies of a heart attack on a golf course at 34. So, mm-hmm. you know, he died pretty young.
3: Must have been the prison food, Timmy. Because it's, high, it's or, high in that polyunsaturated stuff. Yeah,
2: you know, they they have tough courses, I guess. <laughs> I guess.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it definitely wasn't the golf. It's the least exciting sport <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah I, you know, I never, can fig- I never can figure out the appeal of golf. It's like, you hit a ball, and then you walk, and walk, find out where you yeah. hit it, and then you hit it again. Ridiculous.
3: <laughs> it's,
4: it's very British because they just drive around in golf buggies drinking alcohol. That's what it is. That's it's the alcohol. appeal, okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's the appeal of golf is getting in the golf cart. Is yeah, that's exactly it. Cart. That's all
4: they do. It's for lazy old men. Yeah. Who just don't agree with it.
2: <laughs> okay, so um, so Michael had this strained relationship with his mother at the time. Uh, when his father died, uh, she told him that the wrong uh, the wrong person died, <laughs> implying that it should have been Michael instead of his dad. What what a lovely woman! <laughs> lovely, Yeah she was <laughs>
3: sweetheart. <laughs> Reminds me of my dear old mama, Timmy. God rest her soul.
2: <laughs> she was this point. So at this point, Michael, it's not you know. It's, Life's not going very well, I think, for him at this point. He was a poor student in school. He had difficulty reading. He would later claim he was suffering from um, attention deficit disorder, which, you know, if you blow through $14 (laughs) 14 billion in a few years, you probably. No, you got to be paying attention to do that shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
4: I would say it was organized. (laughs) I would say. Attention deficit. He well, he's f- fully attentive yeah. in his
2: decisions. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so by the time he finished secondary school, he was barely literate. Uh, his classmates bullied him, made fun of him. Even some of his uh, teachers teachers would call him slow in front of the other students. So I'm sure that didn't help. That so your no. mom's telling you that, you know, you should be <laughs> you dead. You should
3: be dead. <laughs> your teachers are telling you you're dumb. Your, kids, your friends are bullying you.
2: Yeah. He's off to a good start. It's
3: a wonder, there's some bitch we ain't doing a serial killer story. Yeah.
4: That's correct,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's all well yeah. jested, considering. He's yeah.
4: probably, they're probably the lottery stopped him for killing multiple people. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you know. He, he may have during He's still his... around, so there's Yeah, there yeah he <laughs> probably
4: just paid everyone off. He, he may be a Dexter, a yeah. Dexter, and he may have many he yeah, yeah, exactly. might have paid maybe a million pounds to kill someone we
3: never know he, might, he went through a thousand prostitutes maybe only 960
2: <laughs> made it back uh, but Correct. we don't know he's still alive so <laughs> <laughs> we don't win us. <laughs> <laughs> he,
4: he works it. in a biscuit
2: factory well, he's got nine money
4: <laughs> yeah, probably not a man between the means. three of us we could scrape together enough <laughs> to defend ourselves against a man that works in a biscuit
2: factory <laughs> I don't want him to <laughs> buy any prostitutes on my coin <laughs> <laughs> well, my pension. <laughs> All right. So um he according to Michael, there was he didn't have one teacher throughout his time in school that showed any desire to help him. So he so at this point he's feeling isolated. He's starting to get in trouble at an early age at school at at one point telling his teacher to fuck off while throwing a chair at her. So. That's
4: standard practice in the schools that I went to. I'm I sorry, was going to say that's not exceptional. You know, <laughs> we weren't allowed to use the Bunsen burners in science because uh, uh, you know my, uh, I'm being deadly serious because they used to use deodorant cans turn on the Bunsen and set fire to the desk. So him throwing a chairs is minorly. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe you brought it up, Tim.
2: <laughs> and I so feel like we're only telling this is one, side even- of,
3: one, one side of the story here. I mean,
2: what did the teacher do to provoke this? So you're saying this isn't even noteworthy, really?
4: (laughs) No, not really, Tim. I think, you you know, you should. My schooling was completely, uh, yeah, that, that was mild. That was mild,
2: dude. i just like to follow you around for a week. Yeah, yeah.
4: I was present to many. Like, for example, uh, a girl that used to sit next to me. She appeared very nice and stable. However, one day she decided to remove her shoe and slap it across the French teacher's face. Yeah, yeah. Casual as you like. There was no, there was no sort of argument. Led pure psychopathic behavior. And then she just sat herself back down after she did that. And then she was removed. But not from the school for a couple of days from the lesson. But she had to sit next to me. So every time she asked to borrow something, she I, on I shoes. handed it over. My pencil case was her pencil case. Right, the whole of French.
2: Oh, my God. So, so she, she just hit her for no reason?
4: That's correct. No, no. It was a he, It was a he. Oh, the, the oh, French okay. teacher, yeah, was a man, and she, yeah, casually took her shoe off and hit him in the face with it. Well, he didn't fucking He ran away, yeah, and went and got enforcements. <laughs> Meanwhile, she sat next to me. I'm petrified. <laughs> so then, after the couple of days, I didn't have a partner for French. Then it happened to be her. Hence why I know no French whatsoever. I, I, I learned it for two years.
2: Oh my god. Now, she didn't grow up to be the lesbian that kicked her ass. Did he? uh, who knows? Who knows?
4: No, I think she grew up to take heroin or something like that. Oh,
5: yeah.
3: You seem to have had a volatile relationship with women throughout the years, Ricky. Correct.
4: Correct. I wish I lived in a bubble or some sort of force field. I, I sort of attract them in. It's like I go fishing for the crazies. I'm like, don't worry. I don't mind sitting next to a girl, and it has to be the nut job. It? it has to be the one. One girl in the whole school that that's a <laughs> psychopath, and she sits next to me.
3: And, and if you admit it deep down, that made her just seem a little hotter to you, didn't it? Ricky? Correct,
4: correct. <laughs> that's why when she got brought in after a couple of days, she wasn't going anywhere. We were friends. <laughs> we were you. friends throughout our
2: whole school life. Crazy <laughs> is hot for a little while.
4: Correct. Yeah. 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 Until you've got scars on your body, and then then there's a limit.
2: Yeah, until they put dead animals on your stoop.
4: That's correct. Yeah, you've got to have a safety word, like Alabama or something, just to make sure it doesn't get out of hand with people like that. The the, the second they ignore your safety word, you know you're in trouble.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alabama (laughs) yeah
4: Alabama because it doesn't roll off the tongue I live in the UK so she knows there's something wrong so it could be all sorts of random things going on but Alabama won't come up in conversation will it so she knows there's a panic like please stop what you're doing immediately
2: yeah. So Mine is always my my safe word is just uh, here's the money. Please leave. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, but sometimes it might be part oh, of role oh, play. Don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't hurt me. All part of role play. So <laughs> you have to choose an extreme word. Like yours could be, I don't know. U.K. or something like that. (laughs) Something that you wouldn't normally say to make her stop. But when that gets ignored. Timmy's could be chaff. Or as Timmy
2: says, shav. I
3: fucked. (laughs) She
2: beat you to death, Uh, Timmy. uh. (laughs) He tried to get it out. Oh, my God. Ricky, I think this woman was. (laughs) <laughs> and she seemed like she seemed normal, right? <laughs> All your women seem normal in the beginning. <laughs> uh, and she said, so we're, you know, we go out a couple of times and she tells me that uh, she starts telling me about her previous relationships. And uh, it, it was always something that the guy did, of course. Yeah, of course. And then yeah. she would tell me about, you know, going back, trying to, you know, she would keep going back to him and trying to, you know, uh Basically stalking him, and so you know this is a red flag for me. I'm thinking uh, this doesn't seem right. But you so, were still attracted. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean she was hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one day we we're supposed to get together, and uh I'm uh, she was supposed to come over to my house and watch a football game on Sunday, but I had the flu. So she calls me up and she's you know she says hey, I'm ready to come over, and I said you know I'm not really. When I feel bad, I don't really want to be around people. So I said, you know, I'm not feeling good. Let me, you know, let's get a rain check, do it next week, whatever. So then she insisted on coming over and taking care of me. And I was like, you know, really, you you know, that's sweet of you, but I really just want to lay in bed. And, you know, I really just need some time by myself. So about twi- so she hangs up. About twenty minutes later, she calls again. And said, "Hey, I just made some, you know, just made some stew. I'm going to bring it over for you. You know, you need something to eat." And I was like, "Well, it was really nice of you, but you know, this time point, I'm getting irritated, right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel well. I don't really, <laughs> you know, thank you, but you know."
4: Yeah, especially stew. <laughs> Stew's <Stu's> fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: It's <laughs> the last thing I wanted, right? <laughs> so anyway, so we hang up. About twenty minutes later, I hear this knock on my door, and she was she's like fucking going crazy. She's like, "Let me in! I know you're in there, <laughs> screaming like my neighbors and shit." You know, or, like looking oh, out their windows God. and stuff. I, I know, so I never let her in. <laughs> you just let her yell out. <laughs> oh, just, eventually she went away. But, man, that's that's the kind of shit you got to be careful. Like uh, they're great, you know. It's great when you meet someone's crazy. I mean, they're they're fucking great in bed, but. <laughs> Man. you Yeah, paid correct. Money? Ricky, I just got to tell you
3: that uh, since I've known Timmy, he has had one relationship, kind of put on hiatus because the woman was incarcerated.
2: She was in rehab. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She, went oh into, my God. she got incarcerated,
4: incarcerated after
3: rehab. She, went she into was rehab. in rehab,
4: Tim. How are you justifying that? No, no, she wasn't incarcerated. She was in rehab, At that point, Tim, I would have just gone silent and let Chuck have his moment. But you made it ten times worse. Well,
3: she's
2: she was attractive. Was she not attractive? She
3: was quite attractive. But hold on, the true story is. There was two hiatuses because she went into rehab, was on probation, then failed the drug test, and then was incarcerated. Now,
2: am I lying, Timmy? <laughs> you know, it was a vicious cycle, but, but it, she was a good person, Ricky. She just said, you know, it was a misunderstanding.
4: Yeah, Of course, of course, of course it was, Tim. If that's what you want to tell yourself, so you sleep well at night, that's sparring.
3: But you can
2: find her on... Um, Mugshots. Uh, mugshots.com.
3: She, it's a good Brilliant. picture. They, at least they got a good picture yeah, of her in the mugshot. She's attractive. She's a very attractive woman, but yeah. Timmy Timmy was putting money in a commissary account for her.
2: <laughs> oh, how sweet, Timmy! <laughs> well, you know, she had to get her, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, my twink. Exactly. that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and when well, to ask him what the hell he was doing, he'd say, oh, she's a nice Tim, woman. Tim,
2: that she was, was nice. That was <laughs> nice and... And she was she was attractive. Oh, that's such too, a but, shame. You know. We
4: should have done a story about Tim's love story <laughs> about how his you know he, his partner was separated from him from, from rehab uh, to then prison. I'll show you a
2: picture. <laughs> la- I'll, I'll show you fantastic. a picture of her later. Yeah. You'll agree. <laughs>
3: It, I mean, it was a love story. It was, it was, it was a touching love story. She was in recovery when I was here. I, I
2: want to make that clear. I think, you, I
4: think you met her while she was incarcerated. You were a pen pal, Tim. You were a little pen pal with the letters that you used to send in, and she used to send you used underwear. Yeah,
5: yeah. Jalbe that's <laughs>
2: Okay, so where are we. Okay, so by the time, so he started getting in trouble. Michael got in trouble with the with the law at an early age. He started stealing and destroying private property by the age of ten. By the age of eleven, he was a notorious juvenile delinquent in his small village. Other children and even adults avoided <laughs> contact with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but in February 1997, at the age of 13, he received a custodial sentence. Yeah, Is that like I probation? think it's like some sort of prison yeah.
4: time suspended. Yeah. Believe it or
2: not, yeah. I think that's yeah. when they lock you
3: up. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's much like who we was just yeah, talking that's about. It, yeah. Okay, so uh, she had a she had a rehab then she had the custodial sentence okay
2: for for shoplifting Uh, so he was he was stealing he got busted for shoplifting uh oh yeah because he did get incarcerated he went to Howlsley Bay Prison. Yeah, it, it will be Suffolk, Suffolk? but
4: I'm, I'm. I can't help you out of prisons. I'm okay. not. I'm not too good at prisons because I haven't been there. But I, I don't know the particular prison's <laughs> name. I'm not an expert like Pooh on prisons. So, so you could have said anything there, Tim, and I would have agreed. But it's Suffolk. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> all right, we'll go with that. It was a young offenders institution. Uh, before arriving in prison. Uh, the only way that remember I said he was he was barely literate. The only way he could read was to sound the letters out one by one. So you know he was struggling. But while he was in prison, but he one can of, say chav. Yeah, he could. He's much more <laughs> articulate than I am. The teacher, he had a teacher there that helped him, and he learned to read it while he was in custody. So that was a good thing. Um, after being released from custody, Michael continued to get into trouble. Uh, with a, tr- a wide range of offenses, including joyriding, theft, and criminal damaging. As a teenager, he drank a lot and got into fights. That's a just a teenage thing. I type think. of
4: thing, yeah, really. Yeah. But but what we're talking about is with a chav, it's like, I don't know whether you have him in the States. Like, I've I've seen pictures of this guy because he was all over the papers. It was the biggest award that he ever won the lottery. But he wears stuff like sovereign rings, large sovereign rings, and gold chains, and you know he, he wouldn't yeah, be drinking well, in bars. He'd be drinking on park benches, you know. like yeah. strong. I don't know if you know about red stripe and things in America. It's quite a strong, red stripe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's quite a strong beer, so they they love drinking it in parks. You know, alcoholics and homeless people enjoy it.
3: And my son's, actually. but
4: Oh, wow. There you <laughs> go. In the UK, it's mainly for homeless people.
2: There you go. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, imported, so yeah. <laughs> it's my, a luxury here. My, my son came <laughs> up.
3: My son has a – they're both in Chicago, the twins, and they have a liquor store by them. And uh, they have a, a, a nice Indian fellow that owns a liquor store. And both the twins walked in the liquor store, and the owner – had never seen the twins together before and he was just taken aback and he stared at one and he said, now which one of you is the one that comes in here every day? <laughs> and Tanner, the other twin looks at, at Taylor who goes in there every day and said, God damn, you come in here every day. And Taylor's like, and so the owner realized that he put Taylor in a in an awkward situation. Said, "No, no, 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 not not every day. Just once in a while, you know. He stops in here, but uh, yeah, he he likes to buy his red stripe and Pap's blue ribbon because they're they're very cheap.
4: They're very cheap and quite strong. That's, yeah, th- that's why they're the favorite of the homeless over in the UK.
3: Yeah, must, and, and uh,
4: students as well, and students." Homeless he, and students do like the vegetables. Yeah, stripes. I believe he's
3: one step from being homeless. Yes, uh, so he's hopefully going to be, well, he'll be going through that recovery thing that your girlfriend did, too. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's a process.
3: Yeah, it's a process, yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so, so Michael got in a lot of trouble. He drank a lot, a lot of red stripes, got into fights, and uh, he started experimenting with drugs. By the time he was 18, He had uh, developed quite the court record of juvenile crimes and also a severe drinking problem. He would sleep in the town park and beg uh, money from strangers. He would also steal alcohol whenever possible, and that got him banned from most of the stores and pubs in town. Michael was known in to everyone in his small community as the Town's <laughs> Nuisance. Kind <laughs> of like you, Chuck. Isn't that, that title that you had thrown? The Town's Nuisance. I was going <laughs> to say. Village idiot, Town's <laughs> yeah, Nuisance. Yeah, town Nuisance. All yeah. right, so um, it was around this time uh, that uh, Ricky, he met a woman.
4: Nice. We're getting <gasps> interesting.
3: Yeah, uh, that usually is where your life takes a turn either for the worse
2: I'm not sure his life could take a, a turn for the worse at this point his, his mother his mother says he should be dead yeah. his teacher's father calls him, is dead calls him slow uh, he's and his father was was a murderer he's not yeah. kind of right <laughs> yet I mean, it's, and he's nowhere to go but up at this point. Yeah, exactly.
4: Rock bottom. And he's been sleeping on park benches. waiting <laughs> for
2: money. Those yeah. things
3: are not comfortable either. I don't know what they're like over there, but... No, they're, they're not comfortable.
4: Hard. I've slept in many very... I've slept <laughs> underneath underpasses, <laughs> benches, statues. Uh, all for brief... Not, not for the whole evening, apart from one time in a bush. But for, you know, like just for a couple of hours at a time.
2: All oh, that time, yeah. Yeah, I woke up <laughs>
4: once and it was midway through a mugging. I was being mugged at the time. And they were really nice, That's to muggers. That's fucking rude. That's really rude, someone mugging you yes. when you're
2: sleeping. So, so, they, so they, what they, happened with that? Someone robbed you while you were asleep? Yeah,
4: I was basically a local town centre. I had my security business. What I decided to do was just get really pissed after work. So... I couldn't really stand, and I thought I was with my mates, but I was in a little dream world. So I walked off the beaten track, and basically, I, I, I just fell asleep on this monument, which is busy like traffic foot flow. And um, I woke up, and these guys were in my pocket. So one's got my wallet, and the other one's got my phone. And you know, they're really nice about the whole affair Uh, because I'm quite a big bloke I'm quite a big bloke bloke. I'd have sobered up quite a bit by then and I sort of did tower over a few of them Um, so yeah we we ended it without any violence and they happily gave me my stuff back but yeah (laughs) it was like a friendly mugging incident but it was like you know one of them ones where you say goodbye to someone and it's a bit weird (laughs) it's like I've just said goodbye to someone who was stealing things from me like goodbye I hope you find an easier victim
3: <laughs> yeah. and like, Did you exchange numbers? No, you know, like we two weeks that later, close. they send you a Facebook friend request yeah, or I something? Wish. <laughs> I
4: If they had taken my phone, they probably would have you know, updated my Facebook for me and had a right good time <laughs> with all my inbox messages. They would have, they would have had a well of a time.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so uh, this uh, this uh, Ronnie, when he's eighteen, he meets a, he, a woman he would later marry. Her name is Sandra Akins. So, um, so he's out in you know he's living in the park, doesn't have a job, but the, he gets in trouble, and the court orders him to get a job and get all out of the ball out of the park. So uh, he moves in with Sandra. Uh, so at this point, eighteen, he's trying to get his life in order a bit. Uh, He got a job, as he was ordered to do by the uh, court. He got the job as a bin man, as you said. uh, Over here, we call them trash collectors. but And they they pay pretty well over there, I hear. Yeah,
4: they pay really well over here. uh, One of my good friends is a bin man, but they pay Mm -hmm. exceptionally well. And it's really good working hours. I think they only work four days a week. Um, I think they're on about 12 £13 an hour, something like that. Nice. so they earn quite nice. a bit of money, so he
2: had a he had a good deal there, I mean yeah, a you know. very good
4: deal, and there's a waiting list as well to be on the bins because they work early hours, obviously they' finish mid-afternoon and then mm-hmm. it's four days a week, so happy days, and the state of my area, they don't do a very good job so good
2: benefits and all that yeah yeah,
4: correct, yeah, apart from the fact that they're wading through other people's rubbish, but financially. Right. Actually, a good job.
2: But, I mean, it, you know, not a bad job for someone in his position at that point. I mean, Correct.
4: A very good job. Right.
2: All right. So he moves in with um, uh, Sandra, and then she becomes pregnant, and she would later, later give birth to a little girl. Now, he was on probation for an assault charge, and uh, he was required to wear the monitor, the ankle monitor, Uh, He was permitted to go to work, but he was warned to stay away from drinking establishments. Uh, But he would still—he kind of ignored that, and he would still go to pubs, and basically without really any consequence. Uh, So things were kind of looking up for Michael. Uh, he just turned 19 by this point. He had a decent job. He had a woman he loved— Uh, He had had a daughter on the way, and on November 2nd, 2002, um, it started out as a normal day for Michael and Sandra. Michael was buying some beer. He picked up, uh, and when he picked up a couple of lottery tickets, just on impulse. And he was with his girlfriend, Sandra, and she was, at this point, she was eight months pregnant. Uh, Later that evening... Michael went to visit his favorite aunt. He had an aunt that he really was close to. Her name was Aunt. Her name was Kelly. He called her Aunt Kelly. And uh, while he was at her uh, house, he asked her to check the winning numbers. So she checked the numbers on the Teletext. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, Teletext
4: was like in the olden days before the Internet and stuff like that. It was like Teletext, which is a TV thing. Which okay. was a, like a real basic screen, and people used to check the lottery. You could do, like, look at holidays and stuff like that. Gotcha. On the television, Teletext, it was a button. It's no longer in use, I don't think. Ah, uh, so
2: it's just like an informational channel. That's correct. Or something. That's correct. Okay, yeah. gotcha. um, anyway, she started to uh, slowly call out the numbers to Michael. They were 5, 28, 32, 42, and 48 once his aunt announced the last number michael reported a head rush and almost (laughs) passed out some bitch could read then couldn't he michael went into shock he quickly confirmed the numbers again and then he contacted the national lottery uh, to confirm it with them to make sure there was no mistake and uh, they told him that his ticket Was worth nine million pounds, or like I said, point fourteen point four million dollars, and Michael's life was about to change. Ricky, Uh, he spent hours staring at his ticket and checking and rechecking the number. You, I would do that too, man. I, (laughs) Uh, Tim, you would would do
4: that thousands of times. Then (laughs) you'd end up washing the ticket as well. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God!
2: You know what? I'd be bringing people in to make sure my eyesight was correct. I'd That's be bringing in strangers. Give a guess
3: for me. You know what my my cousin did? He was a he was a firefighter, and you know they stay in the the firehouse, and they all bought lottery tickets, you know, as, as a group, and they pass them out. And <clears throat> what they did was they recorded on a VCR back in the VCR days the winning numbers from the night before. And then they bought this poor some bitch a ticket with those numbers on it. So then, when they came time to play the lottery, they got they put the tape in and said, "Everybody get in here to read the numbers." And this some bitch had what he thought was the winning lottery ticket.
2: Oh man!
3: And because they had had him from the day before and they played the tape, so
2: he actually the, thought the he had the winning lottery be- ticket. Those numbers were a week old, though. Sorry. Yeah, they were a week old. Oh my god! I'd
3: have killed people. I'd have had. Oh,
2: uh, cruel! That's but that—that
4: that is amazing. I would, I would be fully part of that. That's. Oh, thing. he <laughs> was—he
3: was. They still brag about that, and you know the guy. I, you know, he probably called his wife and told her, you yeah. know, Get down. Yeah. Yeah, get out of you. here. I've had a girlfriend yeah. for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. it took it's, all his boss, yeah. tell him to yeah. fuck off. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> burned, up, burned the whole fire station down on his way out.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. So Never spent, mind. <laughs> Michael spent hours staring at his ticket, rechecking the numbers. At bedtime, he hid his ticket in a cabinet, but kept getting up during the night to make sure it was still there. His, uh, his aunt had to keep reassuring him that he was not dreaming. So anyway, the next day, he, he contacts the Lottery Commission again. They tell him that there will be a public announcement of his winnings <laughs> and that his money would be deposited into his bank account. Well, that presented a problem. Because Michael didn't have a bank account, he went to several banks to open an account, but he was rejected each time because of his <laughs> long criminal record. Now that
3: sucks. When you're <laughs> going to get fourteen million dollars and they won't even let you open a bank yeah. account? Yeah,
2: you know it's a wonder that a bank that they wouldn't bend a rule and that you know eventually, you though, eventually guy. though he found a bank that was willing to take his money. Surprisingly. Um, they're, yeah. they're taking
4: in nine million pounds. Yeah, an that's absolute what I mean. idiot, and they one like, they didn't approve him.
3: <laughs>
4: the amount of money that they would have made off of him.
3: Oh yeah. Well, it's if like- he couldn't read, I would I mean, if you had any good sense at all, you would have set up two accounts, two things of paperwork, had half the money set into your account, half the money set into his account. Direction. Oh, he would have never thing known thing, the yeah. difference. It would have just meant that he could only gone through all the money in less than five years. by well, the because um, i 'cause I'm I'm imagining he's not great at math.
2: And I imagine the folks who turn turn him down, I'm sure that that uh, you know, I'm sure they were not pleased with it. You know, probably it was just like a clerk or something to just say or a you know, bank mm. officer saying no, you know, that you know, you know, following the rules by the to the T. All right, so anyway, he did find a bank that took his money, and now word was getting out about his windfall. The residents of his village were uh, coming to the, had to come to the conclusion that the uh, town nuisance was now the wealthiest man
0: in town. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: Let's get this dinner party started.
3: Well, yeah, here it says one of the wealthiest. I'm thinking they got 8,000 people. Who'd yeah. be have more money? Yeah. They got the Monopoly guy
2: living in that town. All right. So, you know, Michael goes with his pregnant girlfriend, picks up the big check, right? $14.4 million or 9 million pounds, as I said, on November 4th, 2002, Picked it up with his pregnant girlfriend. At the time, he picked up the big check. You know, they always take the picture of, you know, of the winner with a huge check. He was wearing his ankle monitor. <laughs> uh, upon accepting the you check. You ever
3: had to wear an ankle monitor, Ricky?
4: No, we call it we call it a tag, right? So when people get released on probation, a few of my friends are um, been <laughs> unfortunate <this> <laughs> and have uh, visited prison. And if they want to get it released early, they go on what they call a tag. Now the tag will track where they're going, and and there are certain you know, rules of probation of not to go anywhere. or Otherwise, the tag will alert them. Majority of cases, let's say 70% of the case, uh, you can cut the tag off without knowing you're tampering it with it. Go on a full night out and then clip it back on in the morning. Really? Yeah,
3: no, no, the ones they got here, if you mess with them at all... They well, they say
4: the same here, but I, I know of many people that I've, I've obviously been out partying with that, that don't have their tag present with them and they haven't been sent back to prison throughout uh, the probation and so... Uh, but... To be fair, in the chavier communities, people wear it as a badge of honour. So what they used to do is have tracksuit bottoms and wear the tag over the top so everyone could see that they were on tag. So they thought they were hard or something. Oh, okay. With with my particular friends, it's a big embarrassment. So they wouldn't want to leave their house or, or they'll wear baggier jeans to cover it over
2: i always love when i go to a strip club and the strippers are wearing
3: them. <laughs> <laughs> now see you know, when anybody i've known they weren't allowed to go anywhere when they had them they was all under house arrest they had Is to stay inside the
2: house yeah certain
4: certain people have curfews and things like that other people are more lenient depending on the crime
2: yeah yeah I, you know i i'm i'm kind of familiar with that with some of my dates we <laughs> <laughs> yeah go. timmy yeah, got go to be real particular movie, about movie, which a nice dinner stuff. and
3: movie <laughs> yeah That's well I, you can't go to that restaurant because you're going to be outside the range so you got to go
2: back in
3: can we just order in tonight
2: <laughs> next netflix and chill yeah yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, so he picks up this big check. Uh, he vows that the only thing he's going to do is buy a small house and live a quiet life. Now, you know, he was just homeless, you know, right before this, right? So, I mean, he moved in with his girlfriend, but he was homeless a few weeks before he won this uh, windfall. So he decides that the first thing he's going to do is check into a plush hotel and— um, Watch, uh, you know, just um, enjoy life a few days. So he checks in the hotel with his Rangers football top and orange jeans uh, that uh, made the uh, other guest uncomfortable. So I guess he, you know, his, his dress was questionable. For yeah, him. you
4: can't, you can't wear. We, I know Americans, you know, wear your football tops. You wear them everywhere, but in in the UK, you don't. You're not really welcome to wear football tops in pubs and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so you, you are really,
3: you are a violent people over there, aren't you? Yeah, we,
4: we yeah like it, for example, <laughs> he's wearing a Rangers top, so right. basically Rangers and um, Celtic is more about religion than it is about football. So they're a Scottish football oh. team. So Celtic is a Catholic and Rangers is Protestant. So basically, a lot of Irish fans follow it as well, and obviously they've had a lot of wars there between them. So it's more more about you know their religion rather than the football team. That's what yeah, that gets yeah. out of hand. So
2: I guess it would be here more like what, like gang? So it's almost yeah. like a gang yeah, thing, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So wise. you have to.
4: You, so they're not welcoming like pubs and stuff like that because obviously if there's a rival fan or or football right. gets taken way too seriously here. So if you walk into the pub with you know the wrong colours on in certain areas, then you're gonna have to be prepared to fight over a football team, yeah. Uh, so no. it's a really obviously girly game, football that I adore. But off the pitch, it's taken really seriously with violence. <laughs> Not so much now, but it, I've seen it escalate quite a few times. So Rangers, being Rangers, they probably wouldn't want him wearing a top like that anyway, especially with orange jeans.
3: <laughs> well, the orange is a uh, symbol of the uh, uh, the Protestants in Ireland, right? Orange would be the color for the Protestants in Ireland, for the yeah, Irish.
4: The, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so that that's where it all stems from. So in Scotland it's massive, in Ireland it's massive, and obviously in the UK, in England, there's not many uh, Celtic or Rangers fan unless they're from either Scottish or Irish descent. So it's it's the same with all the the clubs. Even if I support, like you wear your football top if you're going to a sports bar or something like that. But people don't tend to wear them out. It's not be accepted in pubs and clubs at night. It'll be classed as like casual wear.
3: Oh, we have uh, now. See the places here. If it's mostly motorcycle gangs, and you got to take off your vest and can't yeah. say what what gang you're in. But. I've
4: seen I've seen on Sons of Anarchy. I watched a couple of them. Yeah. So so I got the down low and all, you know, the patch and the half patch and things like that because I knew nothing about, obviously, the health. Oh, in fact, that is quite a funny story. I went to, it's a brief one, I went to a cage fight in the O2 arena and it was a professional cage fight and um, what happened was these guys jumped the queue and me and my friends were had a A bit of an argument with these guys and then one of my friends told us to leave it so we left it and we were reading the back and they were legit hell's angels from the States and one of their friends was fighting one of their friends was fighting in in, uh, an earlier fight so they were there to support they looked mean they were the meanest looking son of a bitches I've ever seen and I'm so happy my friends told me to leave it and they were fully patched and they have where they're from as well on there so basically that day
2: Oh, I won the lottery. Oh, I definitely uh, won
4: the lottery by walking
2: away. <laughs> yeah, they have different well, they have different chapters, right? Like chapters,
3: now, uh, a, a bar me and my brother used to go to was a was a biker bar, and it was one of my brother's best friend. He owned the bar. And he told the guys they could not wear their vests or patches, you know, because they had different clubs come in. But the rule was, Mick, it's called Mick Dogs, uh, the rule was if you was gonna get in a fight in the bar, you had to fight Mick first. Nice. That was the rule. Yeah. And none of the bikers or nobody else wanted to fight Mick first. So they decided. So yeah. he kept a piece in the bar
4: that's that's a brilliant tactic the sad thing is if I own Rick's bar everyone would want to fight me and there's a, good ch- there's a good chance I would win so it would just be complete yeah. carnage I'd be like yep. listen lads you have to fight me first they'd say no problem out we go they walk yeah. back inside the bars you know they're stealing from me taking bottles of alcohol so it wouldn't have the same effect
3: yeah Mick was probably about six six and about 330 pounds 340 pounds so he, yeah, he didn't want to really fight with Mick, but yeah, if I had that rule, people would be beating me up all the time.
2: Uh, <laughs> Great, Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so he, Michael's sudden wealth, uh, kind of spread turmoil and hit in the lives of, in his life and all those around him. Throughout the next few years, um, uh, he would gain uh, infamy for his uh, extravagant lifestyle, which included massive drug use, gaudy golden uh, jewelry, prostitutes, and numerous arrests.
3: How do you get arrested having that
2: kind oh, of money? Well, let me tell Man, you. You shouldn't even let have me to leave the house. Let me just tell you. There are some reports that say that Michael was arrested forty-two <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> Between 2002 and 2010, 42 times. He should have just booked a
3: suite at the jail. He should have just uh, had one remodeled well, for he, him he with had, all that money. Now,
2: most of them were – most of the – he kind of got away with, but it, he did have one lengthy jail sentence throughout this period. Uh, as far as the money goes, Michael gave a million pounds to Kelly.
3: That was uh, his sister, correct?
2: Yes. Uh Cheap son bitch. That's all he's uh, going to give well, her. Well – Now, no, no, Aunt Kelly. Remember Aunt Aunt Kelly, Kelly, the one he liked.
3: Yeah, okay, the one that said did did not say that he should be dead.
2: Right. He liked her, so she immediately separated from her husband, (laughs) a guy named Stephen Mooncaster. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And he would be involved. So he, she dumps him. He goes, becomes involved with uh, another woman, and he kills her and commits suicide. Not Kelly, but his new girlfriend. What so. the fuck? Yeah, so that was one of the unfortunate results. Well, just one <laughs> of the unfortunate results of uh, Michael winning uh, the lottery. But we'll talk more about that later. We'll get, we'll get more details <laughs> on that. He gave his mother and sisters a million pounds each. So, I mean, wouldn't have gave his, his mother a
3: goddamn thing. You know what I would have told her? What's a small is, – is it like a quid? What's a quid? That's like a, pound, a dollar? Right? Pound, that's it. That's a pound. Yeah, yeah a quid, yeah. Yeah, I'd have I'd, 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 I'd written, I'd have had a cashier's check written for one quid.
2: Yeah, they interviewed <laughs> yeah. him later, and he said his when he, his mother told him that she wishes he was the one that died instead of his father, and uh, and his response was, it's hard to come back from that. <laughs> 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 but he ends up giving her a million pounds. I wouldn't give given her shit. I would not have given a shit.
3: I know. I'd have driven my Bentley by her house, beeped a horn every day, Timmy.
2: Yeah. Well, I figure, I guess he figured he had fuck you money so he could just, you know, do what the, you know, what the hell. Well, hell,
3: look at her. She got but a million pounds. That's fuck you he money gave to me. Her,
2: Yeah, as soon as he gave her. I his,
3: got $6 in my wallet. Anything over 12 is fuck you money to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he gives them a million dollars each. He gives his sisters and his mother a million, or a million pounds each. And uh, despite his generosity, they soon have a falling out again, and they stop talking to him. So, you know, that might be a blessing in disguise. So, he so,
4: so he's given away, he's won $9 million and he's already given away $4 am I right? Yes. So yeah. he's yes. actually quite a generous guy. Yes. Nearly yes. half yeah. of his money to family yeah. members, and they had the audacity to fall out with him.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they got mad at him and stopped talking to him and said, fuck you. So. Well, she already wanted him dead. Shit, what'd she think? Yeah. She was, this I mean, old bitch was
3: going to have a change of heart?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, him and Sandra get married, and then these daughter's born, okay? They move into a mansion called The Grange. He bought it for a million pounds, but he, he would end up selling it at a—we'll get to this later—he would end up having to sell it at a 600,000-pound loss, so,
3: Jesus, what do get? Bed bugs in there or something? Oh,
2: he trashed the place, dude. I've seen pictures of it. it we'll yeah. get to it in a minute. Um, Michael made the lives of his neighbors a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> he bought three acres uh, attached um, to the house and would stage demolition derbies in his yard uh, with old banger cars. Uh, so he was having these fucking. Demolition derbies in the neighborhood.
4: He seems like a cool guy to me. I'm, I'm not being... He it's seems like a guy like, you want bought, to hang out with. Bought the land, if he's bought the land, he can do as he pleases. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, he left, his, he left his yard littered with remains of dozen of his cars that he crashed and burned out. There were also parties, Ricky. Good. What? Well, Wall parties, loud music, prostitutes, alcohol, drugs, and a number of fights.
4: Amazing. Uh, Average night out, then, gents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ricky, you need what this is, this is what would be good. This is what they need for you. At one stage during his, you know, this period, it became so bad that the local council officials set up a hotline for his neighbors to report <laughs> disturbances that he was involved in do they, do they have the Ricky red phone over where you live ricky No, 1800 <laughs> ricky
3: funding?
4: if i was a millionaire i would i would set up my own call center to fill all the complaints and and send out forms and application forms to administer complaints against myself and they would be filed in the fuck you bottom drawer <laughs> like i was bothered. yeah and i, I, I i'm being honest he's a bit bit mild with mother, <laughs> so far what you're saying I think he hasn't fought outside the <laughs>
2: yeah so you would have your own hotline huh
4: yeah most definitely I'd have my own a hotline for people you know reporting any sort of incidents it would be amazing it would be amazing and and I would train the staff to be really obnoxious and horrible that wouldn't be helpful that would be the most terrible call centres and you know one of them I would make money off the complaints so what I would do is I would charge them to call into my hotline to make a complaint, so I'd earn the money back that I'd have to pay out in compensation. See? Not just the pretty face. <laughs> that's a
3: that's a good idea. And you could outsource the call center. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. to Pakistan yeah. or somewhere. Like to Pakistan? Yeah. And correct. And then you'd make money and, oh, it'd and, be a And my interview day.
4: process would be, gentlemen, if you don't speak any English, you're definitely getting a job. All you've
5: got, all <laughs> yeah. you've got
4: to do is press this button, the hold button, where they get that. A pool in lift music for about ten. The average call is going to be ten to fifteen minutes, and then I have enough money to pay pay them off.
2: There are forty two people calls ahead of you. Yeah,
4: that's correct. And what I would do is if they complained and tried to recoup the money from you know their mobile phone bill and stuff like that I would make sure uh, my company the call centre would be you know XXX Brides or something like a porn channel (laughs) so they would never want to reclaim their money back or make a complaint (laughs) because they would have to tell their wives you know about about (laughs) this anomaly on their phone bill
3: (laughs) Uh, okay, so uh, I hope the- you never win the lottery. <laughs> exactly, I'm If you to do, like- the, if you ever win the lottery, I'm moving over to England to hang out with you. That's
4: correct. <laughs> That's correct. I think you know I, I live in a big old house. It will be a bit like a scene out of Scarface.
5: You know,
4: <laughs> I, I, I would try legalise a machine gun just to fire it around my living room. Your little friend. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, well, I got some bad news, Ricky. The marriage with Sandra didn't last very long. That's a shock. <laughs> they were married less than six months. and um, But to his credit, Michael acknowledged it was due to his own poor behavior.
3: <laughs> well, see, now he's taking responsibility. I like a man who takes responsibility for his own actions, Timmy.
2: Uh, so she ends up with 1.3 million pounds of his money.
3: It's dwindling.
2: Yeah, but he's still, I mean, you know. Million here or there. After uh, his wife uh, and daughter left the Grange, this house that he bought, uh, Michael invited many of his friends of somewhat questionable character to move in. <laughs> so he got a lot of new friends, basically, you know, hanger-ons, uh, and it, what it resulted in a daily uh, drug-fueled, uh, daily drug-fueled orgies. So. Um, it wasn't long before the 16-room mansion was completely trashed. Hmm. Uh, someone going so far as driving broken-down vehicles in a 50-meter-wide... Oh, driving a, uh, car, an old broken-down vehicle in a 50-meter-wide in-ground swimming pool in the backyard. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is, I would have loved to be involved in these parties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Sounds like a good time, doesn't
4: it? An amazing time. <laughs> you know, convincing someone that that was a good idea. you were <laughs> yeah. going to drive a car into a swimming pool. The chance of you drowning is high or not being able to get out of the car is fine. But I just Didn't want you to do it because it would be fun.
3: <laughs> Didn't one of the Rolling Stones do that by accident? Uh. I don't know. I think Brian Jones, the orig- one of the original Rolling Stones, drove his car into a swimming pool and drowned. <laughs> I or some don't. Shit. I
2: don't think this was by accident though. I think they, you know, they were just fucking out of their minds. <laughs> at one point, at one point, Michael developed a two thousand dollar a day cocaine habit. He wow. also claimed he also claims he was drinking two bottles of vodka each day. So I guess the the red stripe is. Uh,
3: well, you gotta stay hydrated, Timmy.
2: <laughs> That's true. There were other drugs as well. He would buy kilos of cocaine, thousands of ecstasy pills, tablets, two thousand LSD tablets, and pounds and pounds of marijuana. <laughs> and that would last only five days.
4: Only five he had some good friends, didn't he? He, <laughs> he had did. some real good friends helping him out get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. Jesus.
3: Well, they didn't want the police to come by and find it.
4: That's correct, yeah. So they were just doing it for the benefit of him, quite clearly. Yeah. Yeah, Trying just to keep him, him like out of jail.
2: Yeah. Because I don't think the police were strangers to his... <laughs> uh, I know, but
4: if he's buying (laughs) £2,000 worth, the police are already covering himself in the finest of glory. If they know, you know, it's hardly like it's a secure premises. There's a car in a swimming pool. (laughs) You could walk in and arrest them all. They're probably (laughs) half naked on the floor.
2: (laughs) He claimed during this period, the only thing that Michael thought of was three things, drugs, sex and gold. Gold. Yeah, he would buy the this, you know, the rings, the yeah. chains, and so I never was, really
3: get that. That seems like it just well, weighs you down. That
2: whole, it's that whole lifestyle. You
3: can't be driving a car in a swimming pool covered up with gold, Timmy.
2: Basically, I mean, it will take you right it, to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it just basically shows you that you get money doesn't. I mean, change people. You know what I mean? It just it, whatever you are, just you're the same. You just have you're just that person with money. So if you're a whoremonger and you have money, you're just a whoremonger <laughs> with money. You know what I mean? It's just the same. So,
3: so what you're saying is if you win a the lottery, yeah, it's, not it's gonna just going to be better whores that you e- get. Exactly. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
2: And obviously, this guy is a I don't, find, no, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge him the prostitutes. <laughs> I, I, I'm all right with that. Yeah. You know, the crack, uh, you know, that's, that's yeah. $2,000 a day in crack, I mean, that's a waste of That money, seems but,
3: a little excessive. Yeah,
2: but, you know, the prostitutes, that, that's money we well But you
3: know what is excessive? I mean, is $400 a day on crack excessive? No. I mean, you got. No, I would say it,
4: <laughs> it depends how many people are at the party. Maybe he's catering. Maybe he's not being greedy. Maybe he's just catering for all of his friends and being a good <laughs> friend.
2: <laughs> yeah, a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, he later claimed uh, that his drug dealer got more of his lottery money than he did. <laughs> <laughs> now, his
3: drug dealer invested it wisely. He owns half the town oh, right yeah, now.
2: That's correct. Yeah. He moved
4: in. I bet he moved into his house. <laughs> yeah, today. He he's, the one,
3: he's the one that got to, He drove the car into the swimming pool <laughs> yeah, to yeah. devalue it. He bought that million-dollar mansion for 400000 <laughs> <Yeah. 000. laughs>
2: So he later um, uh, claimed—all right, I said that. He he took his friends, his new friends, on the quote—air quotes there, uh, on expensive vacations, holidays to Spain, the Caribbean, and to Amsterdam, where he claims—Michael claims he had sex with 20 prostitutes in one day.
3: I'm calling shenanigans on that one.
2: Well, I mean, it depends on what you're calling sex. I mean, if you— I mean,
3: you line 20 up, yeah, but—
2: well, they, you know they sit in their little windows, so you you like walk down the street. Twenty a day,
4: though. Twenty a day, Tim. There's there, there's not a penis well, in the land that can
2: <laughs> this Yeah. Well, okay. but, but <laughs> I know maybe, Jeremy. I think he done. But maybe he wasn't getting off with all of them. He was just you know going. You know, he maybe he had a big party and he brought twenty in or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
3: Unless you complete the act, you ain't doing it.
4: Yeah, that's no, correct. That? Otherwise, oh, okay. you'll pass most lie detector test on any plot. <laughs> yeah,
3: you would, you could. That's what I mean. That's the rule I have at home with the Mrs. Colonel. <laughs> yeah, I might have poked it in five or six, but you know, it doesn't count I didn't point. have sex with him. Yeah,
2: I don't. I, yeah, it's the same with blowjobs. I don't count blowjobs. No, that's I ridiculous. Yeah. It would it would well, increase the numbers, but you know what? H- to, but to you what, Ricky. <laughs> Prostitutes count blowjobs. <laughs> they count blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because
4: you've paid good money, Tim.
2: That's why.
4: That's male pride taking over I'm thinking, I've invested in this, so I'm counting it.
2: Okay, so over a period of eight years, he claimed, Michael claims to have slept with up to 4,000 women, most of them for, uh, prostitutes, and he claims to have uh, spent uh, over 200,000 200, pounds on their services. So, that's that's
3: only what you yeah, divide I, that I, up. 4, yeah, but you know how
2: how you know that's
3: only five pounds of prostitute. I don't think what he the had, hell kinds <laughs> of prostitute.
2: I don't think he actually you know. I don't think he had a you know was keeping records. Very I well. don't know no, much about
3: the exchange no. rates. But a five dollar a five pound prostitute they is that a prize? Be, they
2: ain't going to be good. i
4: will tell you that <laughs> now, gentlemen. There are for such things as a five pound prostitute over here, but they're not going to be very good. And well, uh, certainly he, would you. He, would you if he you were a
2: millionaire, yeah, you wouldn't be...
4: Yeah, you'd go more high-end rather than five-pound a go.
2: Okay, so the, his his claims are questionable about that, but they, but it is believed he slept with over a 1,000 different women, uh, and a lot of them in his own little village there. <laughs> so <laughs> they only had 8,000 people in that, and he slept with a 1,000 of them. But I'm sure some of them was, like, on holidays or whatever. I mean, I couldn't see if he, like would fly prostitutes in because that's what I'd be doing. I'd get the, you know, I'd be flying in from all over the world. I'd right. just
3: get a stable at 12 that I would move in with
2: me. Nah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't fly
4: anyone in. I'd basically send out an application form for people to, you know, yeah. obviously come and live with me. I wouldn't be paying anything. I think yeah. I'm quite a tight person, so obviously I would, I would allow them the opportunity to come in and, like, move in with me with no fees or money exchange. So I was doing them a favor because, obviously, they're living <laughs> in a nice house.
3: Yeah, I
2: would have 12 odd pairs for my dog, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Ricky, I think you're a little bit uh, better adjusted than Michael.
5: (laughs) Yeah,
4: yeah. I think the money should have fallen into my lap. I I would have actually probably tripled the money, but lived a more happier life.
2: (laughs) All right. So he bought expensive automobiles, many of which he wrecked and destroyed. uh, Or sold them at a loss. He spent a small fortune on gold chains, necklaces, and you know, rings and things like that. Real gaudy thing. You, you see, we'll post pictures of him on our Facebook page. You he's
4: a it. monstrosity. He's the ugliest <laughs> geezer, in the world.
2: and I know. I know he's
4: obviously still alive in a biscuit factory, but the geezer is ugly as ugly
2: can be. <laughs> <laughs> he purchased. Uh, he also purchased over five hundred knives and swords. Because you guys can't buy guns there, right?
4: No, you shouldn't really have a you shouldn't really have swords either. To be fair, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm not, not, only I'm not is encouraging it. He's just, he just t- gone and told everyone in the press that he's breaking the law as well, so he doesn't
2: win Brain of the Year. Yeah. So okay. So no swords. You can't buy swords.
4: No, definitely not. And obviously, he's not a mastermind. <laughs> he's just turned around and publicly said that he's, you know, buying swords. People can have a, it's really weird in the UK. Our laws are pretty weird, right? So you can have a sword as a decorative piece, but you can't go out and buy one. You can buy a massive fuck off hunting knife, as long as you're an adult and you can, but you can't be carrying it about, you know, outside, but you can keep it in your house. It's all a bit weird. So some knives are banned, others aren't, you know, like police batons, knuckle dusters, they're illegal. They carry prison time, but swords definitely
3: now, here's a, a peculiar thing over here, Ricky, is uh, I can carry a gun with me. I have a license to carry a gun. However, I cannot carry a knife more than four inches unless it is outside of my clothing. Then I can carry one that goes all the way down to my knees. I can carry a sword as long as it's visible. Oh, okay. So can... a
4: bit like Crocodile Dundee. You can only have a massive exactly, yeah. knife as long as i cannot as long as you're showing it so everyone's intimidated but if you keep it concealed (laughs) uh, if i have
3: a pocket knife that's four and a quarter inches i'm breaking the law and i could go to jail for that
4: wow
3: wow even even if i have a gun hidden on my person i can go to jail for the knife
4: wow that's brilliant
3: <laughs> yeah we have some peculiar right, we can also here. have
2: assault weapons
3: yeah we have assault weapons <laughs> here too yeah yesterday actually i was at I, I was at a gun shop so uh i could buy an ar-15 for 700 dollars over here and wow it, it, well, yeah it's a little peculiar over here Tim or Ricky
4: yeah I can imagine yeah I could oh this is why I like the UK I'm not going to lie gents because obviously we, <laughs> we, we don't have guns so if you have a little bit of an argument with a bloke in a pub unless he's a complete <laughs> fucking lunatic he hasn't got a gun at home with you lot it's like I could bop it oh, like, yeah, you, I could be shopping yep. and some crazy ass geezer who's absolutely like five foot one and nobody could just pull the trigger on me it would be really a nerve wracking place to live I think
2: it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah, I was uh, was well, it was about two months ago. I was I was down I was downtown in our city, and about a block away, a guy, a woman shot a guy coming off a bus. Uh, what it was like two in the afternoon? Yeah, busy just day. In the middle of yep, the day. Middle of the day. Guy walks off the bus and lady caps him.
4: Wow. See, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's not that uncommon. I mean, it's I mean, there's a, we have a lot of kind of shootings here all the time here in Cincinnati.
3: Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a little uh
2: But you're right. You never know who because you you can have concealed weapons here legally, so you never know who you're talking to whether or not they have a weapon on them or not. You know what I mean? So that's correct.
4: Yeah. You know, like, in the UK, it's all right to have a little bit of road rage, call someone a bellend and, you know, like, pull yeah, over Right, cause you, know right. It's not, you don't want to do that the here. Worst is, <laughs> exactly. But but you don't really want to do it in the UK because we're, we're more gentleman about it. Normally, he's got a baseball bat <laughs> or a golf club in the back. It's still going to hurt, her, but it's not yeah, going to kill me, like, I don't
3: think. Well, then there's bad, and the scary thing is, I'll tell you, is I go to the, to the target range quite a bit to shoot. And, uh, just because and and I have guns because I enjoy I, I like target shooting is what I like and uh and occasionally I will take the dog fairly deep into the woods and we have coyotes and things like that so I would like to take a pistol to make sure that the coyotes don't get me and uh but these guys that carry these guns they can't hit the side of a barn so you think you know if I'm ever in trouble please whatever you do don't pull that gun out just because you're going to shoot me and twelve people around you, you know, yeah.
2: they're not. Yeah, and they're not the smartest people in the world either.
4: I I could imagine it would be like giving me a firearm. I think I would I would I would use it like I was in an action movie with one hand, and probably it would cock it, would probably cock back and smash my teeth out. Yeah.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, or like uh, turn the gun sideways and shoot it. You know, what, you know why? Yeah, you know why yeah, they, not, you know like, why they the Scarface with the grenade launcher. You know why they shoot the gun sideways like that? No, go on. Uh, that's how it comes in the box. <laughs> 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 all right, back to Michael. So he got in, He he spent 200,000 pounds in some financing scheme that was endorsed by his favorite football team, the Rangers. He lost all that money. Um, so it was some kind of, you know, scam. He
3: his, his drug dealer set up. I believe at this point his drug dealer was also his
2: financial planner. <laughs> might have been. That's correct. His <laughs> yeah. accountant, personal yeah. accountant, yeah. yeah. He became a, a compulsive gambler, losing thousands of pounds a day. He also had some legal problems, Ricky. He made life a living hell for his neighbors. Loud parties, fights, demolition derbies in his backyard all led to hundreds and hundreds of complaints to the police. The police visited the property 16 times in a four-month period in 2003.
3: Now, in fairness, eight times there was getting cocaine (laughs) in... Marijuana from so him. So I but. said,
2: like, that's when they collecting their packet of
4: money <laughs> yeah. to, to keep silent. Yeah. Because if they've gone around there forty-two times, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. he's arrested. <laughs> How the hell was he not in prison? <laughs> yeah. I know he went there once, but he yeah, just but it was just to like money he he talks.
2: Yeah, it just he just went like once. He had a nine-month stretch.
4: Because you just you just bear it in mind when he was thirteen years old or whatever, he he, he got caught s- stealing from a shop. Right. Now he went to prison that right okay which is pretty harsh in my opinion but right. now he's like pablo escobar <laughs> yeah. and, and it's all it's all good and he does nine months but but he doesn't do any hard time and it's because he's got that money in the bank
2: absolutely well i mentioned he, they set up a special hotline right for his neighbors to report his <laughs> yeah. poor behavior um in 2000 in, 2000, also in 2003, he held a giant bonfire on this property, setting fire to a 40-foot mobile home he, Michael, purchased just for the occasion. <laughs> so he bought this huge mobile home just to burn it down. Wow. <laughs> he
4: was a simple man. <laughs> yeah.
2: That night, he and his friends destroyed several new cars, again playing demolition derby on his property.
3: Well, at least they weren't using the junkers anymore. He'd upgraded.
2: Neighbors complained uh, that he fired off 10,000 pounds worth of fireworks.
3: (laughs) That's more than the military set off Oh, no, these
2: were not your ordinary fireworks like balder rockets and things. (laughs) These were like mortars used by the military. So they thought
3: the whole town was under siege. (laughs) Uh,
2: So a neighbor, you know, had enough, went over to complain. And uh, Michael grabbed a sword, and his buddies grabbed clubs to confront the neighbor. <laughs> Michael claims that he, uh, before he could reach the scene, one of his friends had hit his neighbor in the head with a club. So, in 2004, Michael was banned from driving for six months after he was at the was uh, pulled over in his driving his new BMW. He didn't have any license plates or insurance, and he was driving at a hundred and seventy miles per hour. Wow!
4: So th- these days, normally, if you do mm-hmm. above a hundred in the UK, you lose your license altogether for about twelve to eighteen months. So, oh wow! An- another thing that he's got away with with <laughs> yes.
2: His most famous run-in with the police came when his friends drove around a small village. Smashing car and shop windows (laughs) by by using a catapult on the roof of the Mercedes van that he owned. They were projecting uh, steel balls into the air. (laughs) (laughs) So this motherfucker has a catapult on top of his van, and they're just shooting these... Steel balls in the air, smashing windows and smashing cars. It, it
4: sounds like a scene out of Games of Thrones <laughs> slash The Purge. The guys brought the modern day area of The Purge and mixed it with like some fantasy world of Games of Thrones. It's genius. I think he
2: was in his fa- fantasy yeah, world yeah. at this point. Uh, he
4: literally has a mind of a five year old. But, but nevertheless, I would have been his friend. <laughs>
2: Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's
4: a great guy, Catapult. I would have asked to sit in it, and I would have been firing myself through the shop windows.
3: I was going to ask you, Ricky, now, in fairness, if you had this kind of money, you'd know you'd have your car down at the shop them. Did you want little turrets and catapults? Oh yes, 100%. Oh. The little Mad Max spikes on the tires. <laughs> That's correct. I,
4: I've got a Mad Max tattoo exactly with the spikes and I would pay unfortunate <laughs> people to, instead of you know the ball bearings, I would actually fire people.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> Dwarf, I would get them on the safety kit.
4: Dwarfs. It's not for murder. I will get them a crash helmet and pants <laughs> like the American footballers and I would fire them across the street. <laughs>
2: Just like they did during, uh, just like they did during the Black Plague. Right That's there. correct. The, the yeah, yeah. But I'll give them the
5: correct
4: safety gear, and obviously, if they did get hurt, I would pay them off, or I would pay their family off if they died.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that.
3: Well, there's a lot of homeless people. You can get them pretty at cheap. a more reasonable price. Yeah,
4: pretty cheap. I'll probably tend yeah. to go for that market. Um, <laughs> every now and then i would splash out on someone who was quite wealthy because I'll be richer than them. It'll be like a business transaction.
2: Right. Yeah. But, uh, or a but, kidnapping. Yeah, you correct.
4: Know. <laughs> correct. I'm glad you saw it the way I saw it. I didn't want to go that dark, but, yeah, I might, might kidnap a couple of people, yeah, to do it with.
2: But, you know, you couldn't do you couldn't do that all because obviously wouldn't be wealthy enough to use all rich people so you know you'd have to supplement them with the homeless that's correct yeah Yeah. the the homeless would would be the cannon fodder you know your (laughs) day-to-day
4: and then every now and then i would i would purchase someone you know in particular for the event maybe what's the name
2: what's the name of the beer red stripe so you'd offer them a couple red stripes yeah
4: and and then uh, well you know i wouldn't pay for the full protective gear on them they would just have a crash (laughs) helmet and goggles (laughs)
2: <laughs> we had a big, Which, slug, yeah.
4: a big
3: scandal here because people were going around. They called them bum fights. Yeah,
4: I've seen bum fights. It was horrendous. <laughs> yeah. It was the most horrendous show I've ever seen. But I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. They used to get them and put cable ties on them while they were asleep. And then and yeah. then they fight and run in. And the guy had the tattoo of bum fights on his head. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But I was I was really into it. It's sad, but it, I was really into it.
2: We also have a uh, midget tossing over here. Oh, my yep. God. When do, <laughs> no, where do I sign finally,
4: up?
3: <laughs> we, have, we had actually they had midget bowling. Oh, my uh, dear Lord.
4: I've literally, well, I'm moving you, to you America. Would,
3: yeah. You would take a midget and just shoot him down the lane. A little person. I yeah. don't want to offend anybody.
5: Yeah.
3: I think you already uh, did.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, You just shoot him down the lane, and they had them polished up real good. Whoa. And uh, they'd slide all the way down. Now, they couldn't have shorts or anything because their skin sticked to the floor. That would mess up the throat. Yeah. So you had to have them fully clothed in jumpsuits. Oh, yeah, like the mean,
4: suits, they, the shiny more. Yeah, and they had helmets. Um, I mean, this was, is like a fantasy, not a sexual one, but literally something I've <laughs> dreamed of, and you're telling me it's real.
3: <laughs> it's humane, too, because they had helmets on the people. <laughs> so yeah. they would grab them. Their, their backs would have these jumpsuits would have two, like, luggage handles on them. Yeah. And then they just get a good running start and shoot them down the lane. And if you could knock all the pins down, and, and, the, and the little people was allowed to knock the pins down if you could make it up with their hands.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they had a, they had an incentive too, because if they, the higher score you got, <laughs> yeah. they would get. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, They definitely <laughs> had an incentive, fully degrading yeah. themselves <laughs> on some sort of television
4: program, <laughs> but they can knock down as many pins as they want. They had an incentive.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they would do that here and just in bars. I mean, <laughs> Are yeah. Are you joking? Just, they have no, no, midget tossing in bars where you, you know, the guys would they'd get in what they just pick them up. It and, see it was for distance, see yeah. how far you could
3: throw them. Yeah,
4: wow, it would be like um, I, f- I think in Scotland they call it the cable where they throw that big logger over the top, you know, for strength. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, you guys in the states have just we uh, throw uh, people, yeah, <laughs> throw people, you know, yeah. smaller people than yourselves <laughs> as a status yeah, they, of they, strength. They were,
3: They, they would even it out by like they do in the horse races because if one was much smaller than the other they would they
2: weight like, them down.
3: Yeah, they put they. like 20 pounds of gravel in his pocket to make everything even. That's
4: amazing.
2: That is yeah, amazing. Dwarf tossing was very popular here. It was, it was like in the 80s or 90s. Yeah,
3: called. they finally banned the yeah, tossing, fuckers. The dwarf
4: tossing. <laughs> Did <laughs> they? I'm disappointed.
3: Uh, you can't, they didn't ban the AK-47s, but they banned the dwarf <laughs> yeah, it was, tossing. Yeah, that's completely
4: not, it, yeah, it makes completely no sense, but <laughs> it is American, so yeah, I understand. <laughs>
2: All right, so um, for, so he got in this. uh you know he's. They're going around with this catapult. It does a bunch of damage. There's different estimates. I've seen anywhere between twenty five thousand pounds and hundred thousand pounds worth of damage to cars and to uh, shops and local shops. He was arrested, and uh, Michael was arrested for this. Surprisingly, this is. He got two hundred and forty hours of community service. <laughs> Wow, me and Rick
3: could get eleven years. Yeah, old, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and I'll be with my got...
4: cellmate Jermaine, and, and <laughs> all that would happen to me is I'll be having bleeding gums. I'll be biting <laughs> radiators left, right, and center, and he's getting away with it. And <laughs> it. doing
3: laundry.
2: Yeah, well, he, was he was warned more... to do his laundry. Every <laughs> he day. was warned of, uh, <laughs> that he would uh, face jail time if he didn't, uh, you know, adhere to the terms of his probation. So, oh yeah, he paid a strong, one off. strong warning. Strong warning. It's estimated that Michael spent more than a hundred thousand pounds on legal fees the following few years. Now he did spend nine months. uh, So that's he
3: spent on crack.
2: Yeah, he spent nine months in behind bars for an assault charge. I think that was related to his friends, where they, you know, his friends. He cracked the guy in the head with the club. Yeah, and I said he, like I said, he was reportedly been arrested forty-two times. Um, so he started gaining the attention of the national press for his exploits, and you, he was a pretty big story over there, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, he was. He featured in um, a lot of newspapers. That's why I know he's a very. And he he's, he he wrote a book, I believe, as well. Yes, he did. It, yeah, he did a little bit of a book and that. No one ever bought it. it like, <laughs> you know, like you know, like you have the discount store. Yeah, you found them in a... over here, like the pound store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, everything's a pound, and it just featured there after about two months. No one wanted to read about it. But he he, <laughs> act, he was self-proclaimed the the king of the chavs.
2: Yes, yes, and he actually had that in 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 Bowden on his uh, car. Uh, his yeah. van, his van, his Mercedes. Oh, I van. get a tattoo. Uh, I'd have Mercedes the tattoo. Uh, he seemed to like the limelight, uh, and he had uh, had aspirations of launching an acting career. So this guy has aspirations to go and be an actor now. He participated in celebrity box- boxing matches, and he defeated uh, uh, a guy named <laughs> Vanilla Mark, Ice, Mark Smith, who was a Star of the one of the TV shows, The Gladiators. He boxed under the name of Rhino. Um, Basically, it sounds like he got his ass kicked, but they called it a draw.
4: Yeah, yeah, that would have been about right. Rhino, if the the guy at Gladiators is Gladiators is sort of um, I don't know what you've got in America, like the Ninja Challenge, you know, like that. But Gladiators. Yeah, I think I've seen the Gladiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gladiators was massive over here, and Rhino was an absolute beast. Uh, hence, why he was called Rhino. So he would have he would have smashed him to bits. To be fair,
2: yeah. So, but they just kind of gave they called it a draw. So they were it was fixed, I guess. Um, there would be real confrontations outside the ring, though. He uh, Michael claims he was once attacked and badly beaten by a gang of club yielding gypsies <laughs> who tried to rob him. Uh so. Um, we don't have a lot
3: of gypsies in Cincinnati. No, we
2: don't. <laughs> I ain't even seen a gypsy. He claims that his life was threatened. Uh, he, he, yeah, this is kind of weird. He claimed that his life was threatened by a gang of men who were trying to extort money from him when he was living. Remember, he was, uh, he was living at the mansion. Five of his dogs were found with their throats cut, according to Michael.
3: Now, what, if you, hold on. Uh-huh. He's got five Rottweilers, and somebody came up and cut the Rottweilers' throat. Because I know I just got Rudy, and if you try to cut Rudy's throat, he's going to bite your damn hand off.
2: Well, I— So I, these
3: wasn't too good. They, I mean, they was, he he didn't get the, the prize of the litter when it came to guard dogs.
2: I guess not. If he you claims, can cut your guard dog's throat. He claims that he paid off the black—the guys that were blackmailing him, these guys who were threatening him, uh, he paid them 130,000 pounds— to leave him and his family alone. By, by two thousand six, uh, he started getting his life together. He had given up drugs, but now he was almost broke. Uh, his mansion was trash, as I mentioned. So he sold it at a, a six hundred thousand pound loss. He's just, you know, he's just trying to recapture, any, capture anything he can from it. Um, that money was soon gone to legal fees and taxes. So 2006 this is what like four years after he won the lottery. He applied to get his old job back as a trash collector, but was not hired. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's back, back, trying to get his job back. He's below rock bottom. Yeah,
3: he's worse than when he started. Because when he started, he was he, he, a he trash had a decent collector. job.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The bad news continued for <clears> Michael. <throat> In uh, June of 2016, this is what I mentioned earlier, his uncle, who was previously married to his favorite aunt, Aunt Kelly, um, died in a murder-suicide. He was, his uncle, Stephen Muncaster, with 47, rep- reportedly shot and killed his wife, his new wife, uh, Allison, before turning the gun on himself um, at a luxury $400,000 house that uh, Carol had built for him before he squandered, uh, squandered his fortune. So he, man, he gave a lot of his money away. He yeah, gave it, he gave, he gave, it away gave a half
4: of his money away. He said it yeah. was extorted and stuff. So, yeah. you know, four million pounds in the current climate, it's not a great deal. But right, I don't feel right. sorry for him. I just think he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> um, but just,
3: we'd still hang out with
4: him. Yeah, 100%. He'd be a dick that <laughs> would be a friend of mine. <laughs> um, obviously, guys, I'm a complete dick. So <laughs> no. all my friends, circle of friends, are all dicks. That's what I so, was going to say. My yeah, friends exactly. are all dicks. Exactly. None of them got
3: nine million dollars, so I hang out with him.
4: Correct. Correct. It wasn't an insult saying he's a complete dick. It was more yeah. of a high five to him that he's <laughs> yeah. a complete dick.
2: <laughs> he was a consummate dick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so now he's now he's broke. He's jobless, and now he's homeless again. He moves near to Scotland and be near his relatives, and he had to live in the forest for a while. <laughs> 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 That's oh, not funny. even find a oh park God, so he was homeless, living in the park, <laughs> drinking red I hope stripe. He had one one fucking sword left.
3: <laughs> <because laughs> you You got bears over in England.
4: No, uh, no, nothing like that. You know, you'll probably be, in our forest, there isn't any, there's like woodland, you'll probably find dog shit. That's probably the most dangerous thing in our woods.
2: <laughs> uh poor Michael. So, <laughs> today... goes wandering off into the forest, leaves, well, a, sm- you know, leaves a smoking mansion behind <laughs> him. Now this guy, I mean, it, it, well, he probably can't get a job, he's got 42 brothers. We'll <laughs>
3: This sold point. A car in the swimming pool, and just got the scrap metal
2: for that. Shit, I, w- I wonder won if he's got any of his is. chains and stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. But at least he stopped drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, because he couldn't afford them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the it's, uh, that's, that's my guess too. The drugs stopped him. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so today, uh, Michael Carroll works in a biscuit factory. Where he is happy to collect his weekly weekly salary of two hundred and four pounds a week, uh, that's about three hundred dollars. He earns by packing and stacking shortbread and cookies on an assembly line. Today, he claims his biggest regret through all this was losing his wife, and he also misses his PlayStation. Well, goddamn right, I miss
3: my PlayStation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. play. You know, <clears throat> can't play his. Uh, What's the game? The uh... Call of Duty. No, Call of Duty would the... be the one. Grand Theft Auto is what I was thinking. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that would, you're right there, Tim. That would definitely be his game of choice, wouldn't <laughs> Running it? Running over the hookers and stealing yeah. their money. He'd
4: probably turn it off halfway through, saying it's not exciting enough. You haven't got a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be writing to Grand Theft Auto with ideas and say, hi right there, guys, I'm over in England. I've got a catapult attached <laughs> yeah. to my car. Yeah,
2: I can't buy an AK-47, but I can put <laughs> yeah. a catapult on top of my fucking van. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no law's against that's that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's firing off
3: military in his backyard. Now, we can't do that shit over here.
4: No, you can't do this shit over here, either. Obviously, he, he was adamant he wanted to.
2: All right, so anyway, today uh, he lives a simple life. He continues to buy lottery tickets each week <laughs> in the hopes, once again, of winning big. So that's the story of Michael Carroll. What do you think about that, Colonel? Well,
3: I believe... I believe that uh, Ben and Rosanna could give up the They Walk Among Us podcast. If Ricky could win the lottery, they could do a podcast on him every week.
5: That would be-
2: <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be a be great. I would enjoy that, but
4: I, I would want a full-on documentary so everyone can see how bad I actually am. So <laughs> yeah. they'd have to follow me around with a camera so you could hear my you know, a full-on um, television show. It'd be quite quite good Feature the podcast.
3: Do you um, know what would be perfect? Have you seen that that uh, the show, An Idiot Abroad?
4: Correct, yeah. yeah you they would are, have the it's, kind it's of money, brilliant.
3: and we could call it a lunatic abroad and just send you off to different places.
4: I would absolutely love that. That would be my idea of heaven. However, I don't like traveling and I don't like planes. So you, you would have to give me a push bike and I'd have to travel to different villages close yeah, to where could I live. It just be
3: different places in England, Scotland, whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
4: All, all by car. So it would be a low budget version. i will yeah. be
2: happy to do it for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Ricky, thank you for joining us again. And um, you
3: should have – is there going to be a Squirm episode releasing soon, Rick?
2: There will. I've I've taken a little bit of
4: a break off. I have recorded some new stuff um, because I do have a day job, so it focused was on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we're focusing on day jobs. Believe it (laughs) it or not, this is quite a good one. You wouldn't have thought it hearing (laughs) me talk, but – yeah, so I've last couple of weeks I've been recording some new stuff. I did feature a story, obviously Ivan Drago with the sandwich in his mouth. I've actually recorded. that. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, so, that's great. That's a great. The story.
3: potato guy you went out with last night. At least yeah. you didn't have to wake him up and drag food out of his mouth.
4: Correct, but I will be doing stuff on Mister Potato Head. Um, as I call him, Tim, because uh, we have we have various stories um, and there, there's other news stories that have come to light because, like I said, my life's a car crash. So <laughs> it doesn't take long to come up with like stories because they're happening weekly basis. It's just being sober enough to remember them and to record them.
3: Have you considered a, uh, a Ricky Cam? Yeah, that's uh, what you need. Just a cam that you strap to your head to. Oh uh, my God!
2: And have it stream it live on the internet. Yeah. like on Periscope. Mm-hmm. I would.
4: I would do. I would do. But um, I, I work in sales in the day. I'm I'm a sales manager for a car <laughs> manufacturer. And oh, um, we, if, we if people you. believed what they saw, you know, uh, I've got two I- images. You know, the one that works very professional. I think. Oh, so you work for a car
3: manufacturer now.
4: That's correct. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm what they call a general sales manager. So what I do is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a well-paid job, and I look after a couple of garages for, for a car manufacturer. So I'm ahead of sales. So I, I am perfect at talking bullshit. So, it does not
3: uh, surprise me that you are a salesman, Ricky. Uh,
4: yeah, it doesn't surprise many people. So, sadly, it, my customers are a little bit surprised because they came in, you know, just wanting to buy a car and I've rammed the car so far down their throat that they know. You know, when an old lady comes in, they're shaking as they leave because I pressurised them so much. That's not the case at all, but... <laughs>
2: Well, I've got a, I've got a solution, though, so it won't interfere with your professional life. We do this oh. Periscope thing, and we get you, like, those little rubber nose and glasses <laughs> for you to wear.
4: What, like a Snapchat filter? As yeah, well? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We could do a different disguise each week. Like I could have like um, uh, large mustaches, beards. I could have a ginger wig.
3: We could get into the furry stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you wanted. I could be, you know, a a cuddly toy, Bugs (laughs) Bunny. Minnie Mouse from particular day. No one me. Yeah, Smurf. Now that would be a favourite of mine. If I could spend the day as a Smurf. Okay, right, guys. <laughs> what I will do, what what I will do is I dedicate in the next two months. I will do you a video as me as a, sna- a Smurf, and, and I'll probably leave the house dressed as one as well. So if I did a full night out as a Smurf, I think I, I think
2: you would enjoy that. Here's here's Ricky the Smurf getting bogged in a bush in a park. <laughs> yes,
4: yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Here's Ricky the Smurf trying to have sex with random
2: strangers. The Smurfette.
4: Well, I
3: just yeah. seen, a, I seen a meme that made me think of you the other day. And you know who Johnny Cash is, the singer. You know, I do the, indeed, yeah. And uh, it had a picture of him sitting in the bushes eating a piece of cake. And... Uh, It said, you might get high, but you will never be Johnny Cash sitting in the bushes eating cake high. And I thought, you know, I bet Ricky has been. (laughs) Yeah, that's a normal practice.
4: Or where where a friend of mine, um, he used to drink heavily with me, and he used to drink till he blacked out. And basically, he was in the military, but he used to have to stay with his parents. Now, he's a fully grown man. He's about 28 at the time. So what he did was he blacked out. So... He, he can't remember what happened he, all he can remember is getting back to his house now what he did is put you know some porno on the television downstairs in the living room but what happened was he was woken by the hoover his mum was hoovering him round and obviously he had his jeans and pants down by his ankles the porn was still playing <laughs> and he had a burger on his chest he didn't even go to pull up his jeans he just ate his burger now that is <laughs> that is something that I, I would be really proud of <laughs>
2: Oh, Ricky, we appreciate you joining us again today. And hopefully we can do another one of these with you. It's always a lot of fun.
4: That would be brilliant, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Rick, good to
3: talk to you again.
2: Yes, and make sure to check out Squirm. It's hilarious. Uh, It's the funniest podcast out there. Oh, it
3: is. It's hysterical.
2: Yes. So Squirm is available on iTunes. Please check it out uh, and subscribe. Leave Ricky a review. And uh, you also have a Facebook group, right? Uh, Squirrel, I do indeed.
4: I do indeed. So if. if obviously squirm podcast if you go on there and you're not strange you'll get added into the group
3: now have um, you uh do you monitor that because i noticed roseanne post some dodgy stuff on there ricky
4: well I, I you know i'm a busy man some some of the stuff's monitored by myself others it aren't you, you know there will be some videos going on there i do have members of staff that do like to dance for me and take requests now the good news is um my antics actually cost someone their job recently so <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, this is a true story. The gentleman that dances in the videos for me, the great guy, um, okay. I, I left my old company. Yeah, he he was in a disciplinary proceeding uh, oh my God. about these videos because I refused to remove them. However, <laughs> instead of backing down because I'm a stubborn asshole, I just went and gave him a job working for me at my new place, oh my so we nice. can continue doing our videos. <laughs> oh, that's nice though yeah Yeah, on Tuesday, we'll be starting again, so there will be more square (laughs) videos. Oh, I can't wait to
3: see him. He's hysterical. We'll have to have him on the
2: show sometime.
4: Yeah, you would be, but you'd have to bleep every second word. He's a volatile volatile old man.
2: (laughs) 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 All right, well, thank you, Ricky. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks a lot, gents. Take care, Ricky. Take
2: care. Bye-bye. Okay, Colonel, you have any final thoughts? No, I think that...
3: uh, I'm gonna go about buy me some lottery tickets, Timmy, and see if I can't do better than
2: this guy did. Okay, Colonel. So uh, we'd like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for your support. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com/slash HistoryDweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or or just a wee little bit to me. Everything is really helps us, and we really, really do appreciate it. Like to shout, give a shout out, of, and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, including. Uh, Alicia and Chip, Jim Moyer, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, James Sebright, Aaron Fowler, Shelley Garrett, Bridget Clavy, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Maggie Glover, Marsha Boris, thank you, Marcia, Stacy uh, Alsop, thank you, Stacy, Jody Wells, Daniel Sweet. Well, Timmy, we need to congratulate uh,
3: Miss Boris there. Okay. She got her promotion. She's a county attorney
2: now. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. Like attorney, More, so. Congratulations, Marsha. Yeah. forgot that's quite an accomplishment. Well, um, we
3: might need her someday. We might, might we be might. calling her. Hey, can you All give right. me a freebie on this one? <laughs> give me a pass. Might be needing her representation. <laughs> well, she. I, it sounds like she's going to be the one to prosecute people. So
2: <laughs> can you help me out here, Marsha? Jody Wells, Daniel Sweet, Amber Sweet, Amber Anderson, uh, of course, Ben and Rosanna from They Walk Among Us, the best podcast out there, bar none. Uh, Lorna Violet, Michael Deo, Kelly Sherritt, Karen Waldner, Kelly Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, The Pleasing Terror podcast with Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Krupp, Joe Hopkins with the Now American History podcast, Rebecca Omelette, Cheryl, Katherine uh, Catherine Cockerage Richardson, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Donna Curran, John, Sue Story, Christine Bourgeois, Maja from Poland, Aaron with an A, Kimberly Cameron, Elise, Diane Student with the History Goes Bump podcast. If you like um, podcast about ghosts and paranormal and history, check out uh, History Goes Bump. Amber Trevino. Annette Petray, Lise, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Marquia Smith, Jeff and Don Chestnut with the um, Backroads History Podcast, Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap. Hey Shirley, we hope you're doing okay. We're thinking about you. Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Irvin, Jennifer Siemens. Cindy Liu, uh, uh, Christian, Heather Poole, uh, Marissa from the Vanish podcast, fantastic podcast as well. Zachary, uh, Canadian True Crime with um, Christy Lee, another great podcast. Of course, Insight with our friends uh, Charlie and Allie. Congratulations, Charlie, who just had a baby boy. Uh, Congratulations. Tracy Smith. Uh, Jess, uh, Jess, of course, with uh, the Kiwi, uh, True Crimes, another really fine true crime podcast. Check it out. Uh, Nene, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, uh, Christine Hauer, and Cheryl Weldon, and of course, Rudy the Wonder Dog. Thank you all for supporting us. And again, if you would like to support us, oh, i i when i forgot to include sue story john and donna curran so i apologize for that thank you all for your support if you would like to support us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs we would appreciate it um and uh, it's caught you know it's a little expensive to uh produce a podcast and this helps us fray some of that cost and we certainly do appreciate it uh, colonel any final thoughts before we get out of here no
3: i'm just gonna like i said buy me some lottery tickets see if i can't break this guy's record <clears throat> okay i'm gonna split the money with ricky
0: and me have and have him are gonna
3: meet up in a neutral neutral place maybe ireland because okay. they, they don't notice crazy stuff like that
2: all right and and it sounds like just a plan gonna have a good time thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time on history dweeds bye everyone good day